Suzanne Vega and Marlene are on the wall. 12 to 3, news at 3, of course. And uh, you're with Elizabeth Heath on 2BL702. We're going back in time now, way back in time to before Christ. We're going to check out... Theodora and Justinian and to talk about an upwardly mobile couple, All the Dirt, with uh, Carol Cusack from Sydney University. I've made a mistake already. Not before Christ. Oh, it's I the 6th century this era, not the BC. Oh, I so see. That's okay. So my research must have been a bit uh, I think you off. just probably copied BC when it really meant AD. Well, I wonder if um, Theodora's, because I, I mentioned just before you came in that she was actually an early feminist. Do you think it was actually her beginnings that might have made her such a staunch supporter of women's rights? That's a very interesting issue. She obviously was a very unlikely candidate to be empress of the Roman Empire. Now that's an understatement. Well, well, yes, it is an understatement. The, the daughter of a bear keeper um, which was always a very disreputable kind of public entertainment, you know, um, brutish, low, common, hanging out in taverns. Uh, and not only that, our historian from the period, a fellow called Procopius, who had no reason to love Theodora, basically states outright, not only did she make her living as a prostitute, but from her very early childhood, she was used as such by her parents and encouraged to make money for them in that way. She was one of three sisters, and all... Uh, started off much in that way. So yes, just not the kind of person you'd think would marry the emperor, no. How on earth does a woman from those beginnings become an empress? Well, it's an interesting story. How did Emma Hamilton become Lord Nelson's lady? Much the same kind of thing. What happens is that you get to be known to be good at what you do. It helps to look good. Even Procopius, who hated Theodora, said she was beautiful. Um, what she did was work herself up out of the streets into an off-the-street brothel, out of the general run of the girls into the biggest apartment in the brothel with pri private clients, and finally to become the favoured mistress of one of the Roman provincial uh, officials. And that was really going a long way. She might have been satisfied with that. And indeed, when she was nearing 30, um, what she might have expected from her life would have been to be kept decently while she retained her looks and then to have been given a little pension and, and go to live somewhere else. But instead, she met a man. In fact, she met the man of her life, a man 15 years older than her, a seasoned soldier, Justinian, who was the nephew of one of the current emperors, Justin, a man with great pretensions to fame and power, who took one look at her and was absolutely captivated by her. She had a row with her then lover, moved out and moved in with Justinian more or less immediately. But he married her. Well, that's an interesting story too. He couldn't originally, and indeed they, they lived together for some number of years, because uh, it was forbidden for anyone of the patrician class to marry an actress. It was just known actresses were whores, you know, and you didn't have them in your family. But what happened to him was that he was just in enslaved by her, totally captivated by her. Um, and... He announced publicly his intention of marrying her, and since he was the, the person who was most likely to become emperor, this was a, a serious problem, you know, absolutely couldn't be. In fact, the old empress, Euphemia, said she would not have that hussy in her house. Palace might have been more appropriate, but that's good enough. And of course, when the old empress died, when Euphemia died, Justinian had an edict published which declared that it was no longer uh, an offence to marry an actress, providing that person had desisted from her trade, so was no longer actually taking part either in theatre or working in a brothel. So retired actresses uh, were okay? Yes, it was almost like having your 
virginity restored because they were deemed to have been in a state that they were in before they took to the disgraceful profession of the stage. Now what I can't understand is uh, Justinian's background seems to have been a peasant background. Yes. But uh, he certainly had relatives in high places. Well that's an yeah, that, that, that wasn't uncommon though. In the 6th century, all of the social realities that everybody had been really accustomed to had fallen down at some point. The 4th century was still relatively stable, but then at the end of the 4th century, the Goths and Huns and Vandals came pouring into the Roman Empire and things got sort of thrown all higgledy-piggledy, as I mentioned in my last program for this show. Um, you know, princesses of the imperial family could be carried off as hostages by goths and marry their captors in the most peculiar circumstances. It's basically a world turned upside down. And in the 6th century, the way that one became emperor quite often was through military prowess and might. And so Justinian's uncle Justin had risen in that way. Justin had been associated with the old emperor Anastasius and he was very ambitious for his nephews and so he introduced a lot of them, not just Justinian, a number of other nephews to the public field as well. But Justinian was the most successful, the most apt. It's good to have all. a sponsor, isn't it? Well, it is, <laughs> yes. It's, it's wonderful. So what did they do when they got together? Were they the sort of couple that were much more powerful together than apart? Did they seem to give strength to each other? Oh, yes. And they were very greatly devoted to each other. Theodora, as I mentioned, was some 15 years his junior. And interestingly, she predeceased him by 14 years. So she didn't have a really very long life at all. Lived only into her middle 50s. But... The reign of Justinian and Theodora was a period of such mammoth change and they were at the forefront pushing for that change. The empire, as you probably know, was concentrated by this stage in the east. It was Greek-speaking and centred with Constantinople as the capital and the Turkish Anatolian peninsula being the principal possessions. The west had been lost to all the barbarians. There were outposts of imperial power in the West, the Pope in Rome. Justinian himself, of course, was an Italian provincial, so he's one of the few people in the empire who actually spoke Latin. And he conceived the grand plan of reconquering the West, joining it back up to the empire, getting rid of all the barbarians, bringing the great days of Rome back. And because he had such great helpers, his general Belisarius, other general Narses, an amazing person, an Armenian eunuch who nonetheless was one of the greatest military commanders of the time. He did, for a short while, manage to do it, to reconquer Italy and Spain and glue the empire back together. Of course, it didn't survive after his lifetime. Was they it? did um, face some traumas, didn't they? There was a bit of a rebellion at one, t oh. at one time. Rebellions, conspiracies, incredible neuroses. After Theodora died, Justinian got worse and worse as well, paranoid and anxious and imagined conspiracies against him. And indeed, uh, it might be said that Belisarius, his most successful general, only escaped being prosecuted for rebellion for so long because his wife, Antonina, was such a good friend of the Empress and that Theodora had protected him from her husband's rage and jealousy. People who uh, sit on thrones are often envious of the great military commanders who really are the champions, the heroes. He was Justinian's right-hand man. Oh, yes, for many years. Why did Robert Graves write a book about him? Well, Robert Graves has written some wonderful historical novels. I know everybody listening will know about our Claudius and Claudius the God, and we've, we've all loved them. In my opinion, Count Belisarius is quite as good a book, but he's also written a novel about Jesus and a novel about... Um, Nausicaa, the girl who appears in Homer's Odyssey. He, he wrote wonderful historical fiction. Well, why should we give uh, Theodora and Justinian a thought now? Did, did they leave any lasting legacies, for example? That's a, mm, 
That's a disappointing question in some ways, I know. It has to be asked. Why do we remember the past? Because it lives in a way, because the characters from the past jump off the page and, and, and reach us. I'm sure anyone who's picked up even the most general book on these people will have realised what personalities they are. Um, in terms of their own personal struggles, it may be said that Justinian and Theodora left one lasting legacy, the codification of Roman law, which actually gives us the basis of much of, of our contemporary code. Of course, the, the law of the ancient Romans had been lost during the barbarian invasions, and Justinian did a brilliant job legally restoring the sort of fabric of society. Um, but I think they live just because they have such personality. Some people in the past don't have a legacy you can point to directly. When you go to the church of San Vitale in Ravenna and you see them, mosaics on the wall, you look at them and you think, these are heroic-sized people. They're not just average, puny little persons from the page of history. These are, these is, are giants. Is that uh, what they really look like? Well, it's a bit hard to tell when someone's mosaic, isn't it? They kind of look <laughs> all blocky. <laughs> but I'm sure the robes and the ceremonial give you a very good idea, yes, of, of how impressive they would have appeared as a public appearance. Now you said before that uh, Theodora died at a reasonably early age. Now I would have thought living to your mid-fifties back then was quite an achievement. Justinian was 83 when he finally popped off, which gives you an idea that some people lived a lot longer than that. Um, average ages are very hard to calculate. As you probably know, they take into account infant mortality as well as those who live to 80. And so when you come out with you know, what's an mm. average lifespan. If you survive your childhood, you're very likely to do well. Theodora had a number of children, most of whom died, and some of whom were born before she had her relationship with Justinian. Um, she survived childbirth, so in fact, as a woman, she might have been expected to make a ripe old age, having got through the major perils. But no, she, she died quite early. And uh, do we know what they died from? Well, Justinian died of old age and crankiness. <laughs> Theodore had been ailing for some number of years, mm -hmm. so you know it could have been any kind of complaint. Our medical understanding is often limited by the fact that the chroniclers are very vague about what, what was really going on, what the symptoms were. Well, lovely to meet you, and um, thanks for coming in and having a chat to us today about Theodora and Justinian. Have a great weekend. Yeah, we'll have success with the program. Okay, bye-bye. Good to meet you too. Carol Cusack from Sydney University today telling us about the Byzantine Emperor and Empress, Justinian and Theodora. New from ABC Music, 